Here's what's coming up on today's show. So you, you make that decision, and most of the time it's keep me going, let me go, or dump that decision on my spouse or whoever the decision maker is. Do you know what will happen to your loved ones when something happens to you? If you don't know the answer or don't like the answer, then this is the show for you. Listen up as we teach you about protecting your family legacy through better estate planning. Our family is here to protect yours. So welcome to the Complete Estate Planning Podcast with attorney Nick Rosenbauer. And here's your host, Ben George. Well, hello and welcome back in to Complete Estate Planning. Glad to have you on the show today alongside Nick Rosenbauer at the Rosenbauer Law Office there in Westchester, Ohio. I'm Ben George. Nick, glad to talk to you again. What's uh, what's going on with your world? Are you done with soccer season yet? Yeah, so we uh, we finished the season. It would have been last week of October was our final game. And tell you what, uh, I know we talked about it a few episodes ago. Uh, that was the only game where I was out coached. Uh, when they uh, when they had to cheat uh, to beat us, so the the kids did good, um, and honestly, you know, at that age, they had fun, and they all wanted to play more, um, nice. which you know, for three year olds and four year olds, I think that was a good thing, and then it made me, you know, it actually was was kind of sweet because each of the kids' parents, you know, asked me about next year, and I guess they you know, they have spring seasons and fall seasons. And each of them said, if, you know, they asked me, they said, hey, Nick, if you're getting a team together, um, please let me know. You know, I'd love to uh, have uh, have my uh, son come play with you again. So I consider that to be a huge compliment, um, which yeah, no and we had, you know, the last few weeks, I don't know that anyone cried. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just. It's the small wins, right? I mean. Well, at three and four years yeah. old, you know, I just. And I had good parents. Like none of them were complaining about playing time. None of them had this idea that their performance in three-year-old soccer was going to be seen by a scout for the U.S. men's national team. <laughs> um, and, and kind of my my thing at this. And look, I played four years of college soccer, so I, you know, I played at uh, you know it was Division three, but I. You know, I played soccer pretty darn seriously and mm-hmm. at a pretty high level at one point. Um, now that was about sixty pounds ago, um, so you know, take that for what it's worth. But uh, I told him, I said, "Look, no one, you know, no one's soccer career uh, is going to be made this year, and no one is going to get a full ride uh, to college because of the coaching or the skills." Uh, at three-year-old uh, candy division soccer. I said, but the only thing we can do is we can have the kids not have a good time and say, I, don't, I never want to do that again. So they all want to play again. They all had a good time. I count that as a huge win without taking it too darn seriously. Yeah, well done, sir. I know it was a, it was a bumpy road at times uh, with that one story, but I'm glad you made it through, oh, and it sounds boy. like yeah. it all worked out well. So yeah. positive experience. Yeah, we. Uh, I, I know – that will never happen to me again. <laughs> um, but no, it was it was fun, and now um, now we're getting ready. Uh, my oldest wants to go uh, skiing. Now he's never skied. Okay, so a three year old saying I want to ski, you can take that with a grain of salt. Uh, but we're waiting for the ski slopes to open. He loves playing in the snow and jumping in it, and he doesn't care. You know how like you get 
the kids get wet and and soggy and everything like that out in the snow with yep. the gloves and things like that doesn't bother him he just runs around you know and plays in it and belly flops you know he loves jumping on the trampoline when there's snow on it so i now i know in future episodes we'll have to i'll probably have a bad story uh, or two but overall i think there's a good chance that he actually enjoys it once the uh, once the ski slopes open up i'll take him and uh, we'll we'll see how it goes cuz you know how that goes. Sometimes the kids, you drive all the way out there. It's expensive as heck. It's like an hour from our house. You get all the way down there, and then they just start crying, and they hate it yeah. and after five minutes. And then, you know, you spend a couple hundred bucks, an hour getting out there, 30 minutes getting them all bundled up. Uh, and then you got to put the boots and the skis and everything on and, and lug them out there. So I'm, I am confident enough that uh that he may that he may like it and so um so we'll uh, we'll report back but uh Great. we'll uh but he he wants to ski and you know i've been skiing for geez 20 27 years mm-hmm. yeah so i'll uh you know, almost 30 i've been skiing for almost 30 years so if i can get him to ski then i can take him on ski trips and my wife will thank me for going on ski trips. That's what you want to that's, do. That's where you want to get to. That's, that's yeah. where you want to get. Like, I you know, uh, the, the people who don't, who don't, uh, our listeners who don't know, you know, Ben's like basically a semi-pro golfer. He's like a two <laughs> handicap, yeah. um, along with his, um, trophy cabinet of bourbon, uh, in his house. So <laughs> Ben, you know, the, the, the right play is to take daughter with you um, and so yep. your wife says, thank you for going golfing. That's, that's the ultimate way to do it. That's what okay. we're trying to get. It might take there a little extra go. work early on, but the payoff will be huge. If you can get payoff is huge. Yep. Exactly. Right. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Well, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll look forward to hearing your, your, uh, snow slope stories here pretty soon, <laughs> but let's jump into today's conversation. Um, you probably saw the title of the podcast. I didn't realize there would be a medical test. Well, you know, many people go through the estate planning process in order to provide for their loved ones and, you know, to allow someone to make decisions on their behalf if they fall ill. However, there are also specific decisions that are usually med- medical that a person will need to address during the process. And for those who are blindsided by this process, it can actually feel much like a medical school exam. So we're going to go through some of these common decisions you might be faced with when preparing your own estate plan. All right, Nick, first one, the HIPAA authorization, that release of information. This is the first thing on our list. You hit the nail uh, on the head here. This is something that can can seem like a blind side, especially when we're talking about other people making decisions for you, and then you get quizzed on making your own decisions. Um, but this is something that, you know, the, the more you think about it ahead of time, the better chance you have that you've had like a well thought out uh, answer, or you can ask educated questions at least when you talk to your attorney. So, so the HIPAA, uh, which you uh, referenced, HIPAA law—it's medical privacy law. Obviously, your medical information is confidential, which is a good thing, right? Um, however, uh, and you want to make sure your attorney does this. Not all attorneys do this, but it's a good idea to have your attorney prepare a HIPAA release or release of information form. It's basically a permission slips that allows doctors, hospitals, medical providers, you know, to communicate and answer questions 
uh, of certain people. Um, so obviously you want your family to be able to in most circumstances. So if my wife had a heart attack and went to the ER right now, I need to be able to call the hospital and ask questions, right? Or when I get there, I cannot have it to where they say, I'm sorry, Mr. Rosenberg, I'm not allowed to tell you that. Okay, that's not a good thing. Uh, and then also uh, what people miss is their decision makers. Okay, so what if you have someone who is a power of attorney agent, either medical or financial, and they're trying to call and find out if you're awake, if you're in a coma, you know, is it their turn to act or are you still with it? And, and the doctor says, nope, sir, uh, I'm not allowed to communicate that with you and hangs up the phone. Makes it pretty tough for them to do their job. So the people... And I usually think the good place to start is your decision makers who may have to care for you and then your immediate family. Uh, and usually that's the right answer on people who you want, you know, the doctors to have permission to communicate. But that's something you, you need to think about in case there's anyone else who may need to go on that list. Okay. So that's what we start off with here. Organ donation is the next question to, to, to kind of uh, think through. Yeah, and this one gets people really? um, more. Yeah, more than you would think. Um, and it's weird. Like if we were over in Eastern Europe, where you know it's commonplace to wake up in a bathtub full of ice, you know, with uh, one of your kidneys missing, um, you know, certainly we'd <laughs> think about it differently. But uh, you know, it's important to think about you know donating organs or tissues when you pass away. Some states, Ohio is one of them, allows actually for customization. So this is kind of goofy, Ben. It's not just, I want to be an organ donor, yes or no. Um, I know there's religious reasons or specific uh, reasons on what people are willing to donate and not donate and the specific use or uses. Um, so I know some uh, some religions have restrictions on that. Um, and the other thing on uses, there are some people who say, I'm okay to donate my kidney if it will help a kidney transplant patient, but I don't want a piece of my kidney, you know, to be sent to a medical lab, you know, to research the rare type of kidney disease that I had. Some people don't care, but there are people who say I'm only willing to donate if it is going into another person to help them live. Okay. So there are, so that's something I think that gets people more than you'd realize. Yeah. I wouldn't think that would be the case, but interesting. Uh, what about full body donation? I don't. I wouldn't expect this one to come up, but what do we need to know here? Yeah, well, and this is, you know, the, I think the phrase that people most commonly say is donate your body to science, right? Uh, right? So um, it's almost always a medical school or a research facility, either for research or, you know, education for the next generation of medical students. A cadaver is uh, certainly an option here, um, and that's actually something we had someone in our family do. Um, my mother did. She donated her body to uh, UC Medical School, but she was a biology and anatomy teacher, so it was a mom thing to do if there ever was one. And um, But here's the thing, Ben. It's something you usually need to arrange with the school or the facility ahead of time. Okay, so my mom actually worked with and made arrangements with UC Medical School well before she passed away. They knew she was coming. They had a spot for her. Um, it's not like UC, um, which is University of Cincinnati, uh, the medical school closest to us for those who are out of town. Um, it's not like they just walk around the uh, ER unit of the hospital with a wheelbarrow 
you know, like uh, like in Monty Python, uh, if you ever saw uh, if you ever saw Holy Grail. So that's something. If someone wants to do that, they have to make special arrangements ahead of time. That's usually not something that can be done after the fact. Okay. All right. We we'll continue down our list of uh, some of the medical things you might be asked about. Artificial life support is next. Well, and, and this kind of goes back to everyone or a lot of people have heard of the Terry Schiavo. Uh, incident, I think it was down in Florida a number of years ago, where the person was, you know, brain dead, you know, vegetative state, and they were deciding what to do with her. They had, you know, IV feeding tube machines. I don't even know if I would say keeping alive. I would say keeping in existence. And what do we do with that? Uh, most states require multiple doctors to examine and confirm. They're permanently unconscious. Death is imminent. They're not going to recover, regain consciousness. Artificial life support's not going to improve anything. Um, and the options usually are, you know, you can refuse to remove the life support measures. You say keep everything plugged in no matter what. Uh, you have the flip side of that where you basically say no unnecessary over-the-top measures. You know, you're saying, hey, if I'm gone, no machines. Um, people say you hear the people say that we're pull the plug. It's not exactly what it is, but that's that's what they're talking about. Um, you can always kick the can down the road, at least in most states, and say I'm not going to decide. But if it gets to that point, my medical decision maker, so my healthcare power of attorney agent, can decide whether or not to keep me around or not. Okay, so you uh, so you you make that decision, and most of the time it's keep me going, let me go, or dump that decision on my spouse or whoever the decision maker is. All right. One more here on our list, uh, the final disposition authorization. Well, and, and final disposition is basically what to do with my body or remains uh, after I am dead. Um, so some states, Ohio is one of them, allow you to prepare a separate document to give a specific person uh, the authority to decide what to do with you after you're gone. It's basically like a power of attorney for your dead body uh, is kind of the concept here. Um, so burial, cremate, organ or body donation, final arrangements, things like that. Um, usually, most people don't do this. So usually it'll just default to the spouse or the family. It's worth, it, it, not everyone needs to consider. I don't usually bring it up with a lot of my clients Unless I think there's an issue. Now, it's worth considering if, you know, let's say you're you're with someone, but you're not legally married, okay? But, you know, you treat them as your spouse or your partner, but they're not legally married, so you pass away, and all of a sudden your parents or your siblings would get called, and they would get cut out. You know, that may not be what you want. What about a second marriage, Okay, so there may be a dispute between stepmom or stepdad and the kids. And do you want to get married to, you know, I mean, excuse me, do you want to get buried with, you know, the, the, the first, uh, you know, the first parent, the second one? Um, and I, I there, there's a lot of situations, Ben, where, you know, your spouse, who is, you know, not the biological parent of the kids, may want you to be buried with them, but the kids may want you to be buried, you know, with the kids. Okay. So this can be, and there's not always a right or wrong answer to this, but if there's a potential dispute, it is a good idea to talk to your attorney about it 
and you pick what you want and you pick who is in charge of it. Okay, so again, it's not always necessary, um, but those are the situations where it could be, Ben, you can see how that can go south uh, if, if there's some disagreement. Yeah, can definitely see that. All right, um, I know you have a little pro tip for us. I always love when you throw in a pro tip for us, Nick. Well, and a couple things. One, it's a good idea to communicate this with the family and the decision makers before mm-hmm. uh, it's too late, because once you're gone, they can't ask you. Okay, that's just that, that's that's kind of the long and the short of it. And then they have to guess, and that haunts them. Uh, and also, you don't know if you're going to be cared for the right way. Okay, so it's always good to communicate this so there's no surprises after you're gone. Um, and it just prevents fighting. Everyone knows what they're getting into. And if someone has a question or a concern, they can ask you while you're alive as opposed to, you know, it just, you know, it, these fights can make Thanksgiving dinner awkward. Yeah. You know, after you're gone. Um, and then one thing I will say, I know we have a little, you know, kind of disclaimer on uh, at the end of all of our episodes, but all these medical things are very state specific. Okay, so each state has their own laws. They all have their own questions. Um, some of the questions are very similar between states. So this is kind of the general idea of what you need to be prepared to answer. But make sure you talk to someone who's an expert in your state and is familiar with your state's laws um, because the interpretation in Ohio uh, and Kentucky and Indiana, they're they're close. It's all generally the same ideas and things you're coming up with. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's some nuances in Indiana that are different from Ohio, that are different from Kentucky. Um, so you want to make sure you talk to someone who's an expert in your state uh, to make sure they can explain the nuances. But I think as far as a good overview, these are the questions that you need to be uh, at least prepared to think about so you're not blindsided. Yeah, always a good reminder about the state-specific stuff that we talk about here on the show. So always consult with someone locally that can help you with those laws in your state. All right, Nick, uh, good conversation. Great uh, to go through this medical stuff with you. If you do get caught off guard, maybe now you might be a little more prepared when you go into those discussions uh, with your estate plan. But if you have questions, as always, we'd love to hear from you. CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. That is the website. You can schedule a call with Nick right there from the front. Just click that big orange button. And you'll get on the calendar. And if you want to call directly, you can do that at 513-463-6789. Nick, we wish you the best and uh, good luck with this next snow trip whenever that actually does come to fruition. I appreciate it, Ben. We um, uh, The ski slopes, I got an email yesterday that they just started making snow. Obviously, we're in uh, southwestern Ohio. We're not as, you know, as if we're in the Colorado Rockies or something. So we got to make yeah. our snow. But as long as it stays cold... Uh, my hope is maybe over uh, Christmas break I uh, nice. can take the little man. So uh, I uh, will uh, hope for the best. He's either going to love it or it's going to be a huge nightmare meltdown and never doing this again. And, you know, it'll be like Griswold's throwing everything in the car and, you know, kicking and screaming <laughs> the whole way home. There, there's no way this is going to be a neutral trip. It's going to be a huge success or a total failure. That's kind of how most things are with children. Right? <laughs> yeah. There's no middle ground. All right. We'll get out of here on this episode of Complete Estate Planning. Thank you for listening. Please hit subscribe and we'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Take care, Nick.
The Complete Estate Planning Podcast is brought to you by the Rosenbauer Law Office, based in Westchester, Ohio, and serving the entire Cincinnati area. The show is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and everywhere you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to the show on your favorite app today and never miss an episode. Just search for Complete Estate Planning with Nick Rosenbauer to find us or visit CincinnatiEstatePlan.com to listen to past episodes, to contact Nick, and to learn more about protecting your family legacy. That's CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. This show is for informational purposes only and does not provide any legal advice. Information on this show may not constitute the most up-to-date legal information. Please do not act or refrain from acting based solely on anything you hear on this show. This show does not form any attorney-client relationship with the Rosenbauer Law Office, LLC. Please seek the counsel of a qualified attorney before addressing your own estate planning needs.